0: Welcome to the Evangel Temple Youth Ministries podcast. You're about to listen to another message from Pastor Isaac Worley. We pray that this message would be instrumental in God speaking to you and drawing you closer to him. Now, here's today's sermon. Hey, we're in Philippians and going through it verse by verse pretty slowly because there's so much here. Even the verses we're going to look at tonight... Man, we could make this like a four-week thing, but I'm not going to do that to you. And so um, one week and 11 verses. We're starting chapter 2 tonight, uh, but it's still a part of a message because how many of you guys know Paul didn't write the book of Philippians and insert the chapters? We did that to make it a little easier to read later on. But he wrote it just as one long letter, and so this 11 verse portion here uh, Philippians 2 1 through 11 is actually a part of a bigger thought that is started in chapter 1 and so we did two weeks about unity uh, linking arms together and it started with our very own Abby back there and uh, she started off talking about Paul's willingness to even die or suffer become tortured or or stay in prison for the rest of his life if it meant what that other people would hear the gospel he said to, to live is, is Christ, so whatever happens, if Christ is being proclaimed, that's okay. Um, to die would be to gain, I'd be with him. So whatever happens, man, if Jesus is being worshipped, he says, I will rejoice. So this selflessness, for the sake of other people. And then the next week, last week, we, uh, we looked at how we should live, therefore, worthy lives ourselves, just like Paul, worthy lives of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We should live in a worthy way that is in line with the one we serve, Jesus. And, uh, and he says that by unifying ourselves despite our differences. So you guys remember I talked about Kanye? I talked about John MacArthur and how we should be uh, like having a like spiritual red rover where we just link arms with each other and say, I'm not going to break um, arms with you and let someone, uh, some opposition, some other person that doesn't like Christianity run between John MacArthur and myself or run between uh, Kanye and myself. No, we're going to link arms. Let our secondary differences be um, there and what we can discuss them and talk about them, and say, Yo, I think you're wrong, and you too, or whatever, uh, but be linked and we're together. And, uh, and so, unity and it takes selflessness. That was us uh, week two. So, we're continuing this challenge because Paul continues this challenge that we need to empty ourselves from self focusedness, if that's even a word, self focusedness. Uh, Maybe selfishness is a better way to say it. Empty ourselves of that for the sake of other people's benefit. And yes, we are talking about this very concept again. I know we talked about it last week, but Paul spends a lot of time on it. And so therefore, uh, there's a lot to learn. I think we also have a lot to grow in selflessness for the sake of other people. Maybe this week, uh, I was kind of doing an inventory myself, uh, maybe this week you're like me and you're rushing a conversation with somebody that you didn't really feel like talking to for a super long time, and they're wanting to talk to you, but you're like, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm, yep, and, uh, and check your phone, uh-huh, yep. Rushing conversation and not saying, you know what, whatever time they want, I'm gonna give it to them, I'm gonna be selfless in that. Maybe, you've, uh, maybe you need to grow in your selflessness like I do in that, because I do that all the time, I admit it. Um, maybe you've wanted to look better than somebody else around you, or be recognized, maybe you, have you even struggled with bragging about yourself? I struggle with all these, so I'm not just like pointing fingers here. Maybe, from, maybe you took from your uh, younger sibling or your friend what they could have had, but you wanted it for yourself. There's so many different ways that we are selfish and we can grow in our being like Jesus and being selfless. And so, uh, yes, we talked about it last week, but there is, we're not perfect yet, just because of last week's sermon. I'm willing to bet, all of us. Grow in this. In fact, actually, last, um, this past weekend, uh, did I tell you guys I went to Chicago with my beautiful bride? We went to Chicago for vacation. It was super fun. Um, last, yeah, last Thursday, like, so we got done with youth here, went home, packed, and then Thursday morning at 6 a.m., we were already flying out uh, of, of Springfield, and it was a great time. It was incredible. And um, our flight back, I think it was, we had, um, so it's a teeny little airplane going into Springfield, and uh, And so, what they have is like one seat and then an aisle and then two seats. You guys know what I'm talking about, the smaller planes? Yeah. And so, Sarah and I were assigned um, seat one and two, which is uh, the first seat in the aisle. And then, seat two is is the one next. So, we had the aisle seats. Well, seat one doesn't have a neighbor. And so, uh, we had the two tickets here seat one, seat two, no neighbor, neighbor. And so, I was like, here you go. You can uh, take that one. <laughs> so, uh, so Sarah sat next to some random guy, and uh, I was able to just spread out. And, uh, <laughs> and so um, all that to say, I think we can all grow a little bit. You guys can join me in needing to be a little bit more selfless in, uh, in our lives. And so um, I apologize. Uh, you're amazing. But I'll probably do it again. I'll be honest. <laughs> I, love, I love the space. Um, so. Let's look at this passage and uh, just read through it. And then I want to look at what I think it's really telling us, okay? So, that, so run through this with me. Philippians chapter 2, we're going to do the first 11 verses. This is what Paul says. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy. By being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Sounds a lot like last week, right? Do nothing from selfish ambitions or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he Therefore, there's a last little part, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's the passage today. And I think if we're going to look at it and say, okay, what is Paul saying here? I think he's really saying this, that we should pursue selflessness because selflessness is rooted in the character of Jesus. We should pursue selflessness because Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the one that we serve, the one that we worship, the one that we strive to be like, is perfectly selfless. And so we should pursue to be like him. And so I want to actually break it up and look specifically at this first part: pursue selflessness. We should pursue selflessness. And he actually starts off here. Um, I hate to bring you back to school, but just be in be in English class for three seconds with me, okay? You guys cool with that? You aren't going to lose me because we're in English class again, right? I know you had class today, but Paul has like an if-then statement. You guys know what I'm talking about? If-then's? Yeah, yeah. Just so he's like, uh-huh. I know, I know what you're talking about. I, I've, I learned up on these things. So Paul has an if-then statement, okay? This is how he starts, and he says, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, then, and he's actually he didn't actually write the word then, but that's what it is, it's an if-then statement. If this is true, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and of one mind. So if those things, then this. He didn't say the word then, but it's assumed. The Tricky thing that is, though, about Paul, (laughs) he set these guys up, and he's setting us up, because we're reading it now. Because all of those things are definite. It's like without even a question. So he's like, hey, so um, if the sun, I'm not sure, but like, if the sun rises tomorrow, hey, would you complete my joy by being in the same mind? So he's like, saying something that is without a question going to happen. It's like, as long as I live, complete my joy. So he says, if there's any encouragement in Christ, does Christ bring anyone encouragement? And he goes, if, if there's any comfort from love, well, there definitely is. If there's any participation in the Spirit, does the Spirit work in our lives and for us? If there's any, do you have any affection and any sympathy? If any of these things exist, Complete my joy. So really what he's saying is, hey, complete my joy. Do this. It's going to happen because those things definitely are real. He says, complete my joy by being unified is really the the message version, if you will. Be unified. If those things are real, if the sun still rises, if I'm alive, be unified. Well, how are they supposed to be unified, okay? Selflessness. (laughs) Could you guys have guessed that? He says, I want you to be selfless. And two specific ways, actually. Uh, first, he says, here in verse 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Not a, not a difficult ask, right? Sure, yeah, I can do literally nothing for selfish ambitions. Yeah, I'm not going to do anything selfishly. That's his first thing. So he says, I don't want you to do anything, nothing, nothing, from selfish ambition for personal gain. Do nothing. For personal gain or conceit. That's what the text says. Instead, he says, but, I want you to do this instead. So don't be be selfish. Don't have selfish ambitions. Don't, uh, in conceit or like rivalry or or competition, don't do anything in that heart. But instead, have this. In humility, count others more significant than yourselves. That's his first thing. He's He's saying, elevate the care of others over your own care. Man, that is hard to elevate, to say, I want to value their care more than mine. I want to say, you're more significant than me. And so that's honestly, personally, you just want to talk personal. Um, I, every week, I want to, in being your pastor, I want to, and I, I need to pray that God would give me the power to do this. I want to say, your whatever encouragement, your joy, your life, I want to prioritize that over me, over my joy, over my happiness, over my own life. I want to protect yours. I want to uplift yours. I want to build yours up. This is the call of not only a pastor, of a Christian. In humility, count others more significant than yourself. Not as significant. Not to say, yeah, see them as just as valuable as you, more valuable, more valuable, more significant. That's how we should be living. That I would seek out your benefit more than mine. This is what he says first. Second, it's a lot like it. He says, let each of you look not only to his own interests. So he says, "Don't, don't just start looking out what's best for you. Don't seek out what's on your own interest or, or what's going to help you out the most. He says, don't have that mindset. Instead, but the interest of others also. So it's not bad. He says also here. So it's not bad to seek out your own interest, what's good for you. It's not bad to do that. But do seek out their interests also. So to do this, we really need to have a shift in the way we think. This, this takes a mind shift, honestly, a, a, a mindset shifting. If you're with me, to, to to do these, to do nothing from selfish ambition, but instead count everyone more significant than yourself. To do that takes a shift in mindset, to, to not only look at your own interests, but instinctually or naturally or just all the time seek out also the interests of other people. This takes a shift in mindset. Man, isn't this hard? This is so difficult. To not only see how you can achieve your dreams, because we all dwell on that, right? And that's a, not a bad thing. To seek out uh, your interest, how can I achieve my dreams? How can I shoot for the stars in what I want to do in life? But on the same coin, for following what Paul's saying here, how can I help them achieve their dreams? How many times do we ask that question? It takes a shift in mindset. It takes a shift in mindset to say not only. How can I achieve my dreams? How can I do what I want to do? But how can I help them get there and pursue that just as hard? That takes a lot. It's not easy. And I definitely should have given Sarah that ticket for seat A. That's exactly what I needed to do. Sorry, that had nothing to do with here. I was just thinking about it. Should have done it. Should have done it. Seek out her interest more than mine. I'm just saying. So not only uh, how can you achieve your dreams, but how can you also help them achieve their dreams? Ready for this? Holidays are coming up, right? Not only think what's my holiday plans, but maybe it's it's worthwhile to stop and ask, what's my neighbor sitting next to me right now? What are they planning on doing for the holidays? Are they taken care of? Are they gonna be with family? Are they gonna feel loved? Man, that is a question to ask and many of the times because we're just so fast-paced in our culture and what we're doing and our lives and how we're so excited for our family get-togethers, we forget to think the person next to us doesn't have as good doesn't have it as good as we do. Seek out your interest. Man, I'm so excited for Thanksgiving. I seriously am. I'm super excited for Thanksgiving. Man, I love me some mashed potatoes. But I need to thank like <laughs> <laughs> It's a it's a passion in the worldly household, I'll be honest. Sarah and I both share this passion. It's honestly one of the many things that we got married for. It's like you love mashed potatoes too? Okay, it's a deal. Let me go get a ring. I'm going to Zales right now. So <laughs> seek out not only what your holiday's plans are and think about that, but really take consideration. What is what is so and so in school? I wonder what their holiday is gonna look like. And then what you're called to do afterwards, that's even harder. But I believe it's biblical. Not only think about what brings you happiness, but what would bring so-and-so joy. This takes a shift in mindset. It's changing the question. Rather than asking, what do I feel like doing? Not asking that. Not asking, what do I feel like doing? Instead saying, what would they appreciate me doing? See See the shift in mindset that Paul is really calling us to? He really is, he's calling us to count others more significant as a priority in our lives, other people, a higher priority than ourselves. He's saying, not only seek out your interests, but seek out the other other people in your life, their interests. It's not saying, what do I want to do, but what would they appreciate me doing? And asking that question, get this, you ready? Asking that question, (laughs) that leads to a lot of things. It leads to serving in the church a lot. It starts to serving people in general, but plugging in at the church and being a servant in it. Because it's no longer asking, what do I feel like doing? I feel like attending, getting out of there as soon as possible, as soon as it hits noon. That's what I, many of the times I feel like doing. But what would they appreciate me, do, me doing? It's a whole different question that leads to a whole different lifestyle. It'll lead to us serving people when it's most inconvenient. Most inconvenient. When you don't feel like doing it, when all you feel like doing is going home, it'll lead you to, if you have this mindset, if you follow what Paul is saying here, and I pray you are really considering how can I follow what Paul is saying here, I think it'll lead to one serving in the church and not just attending. It'll lead to you stepping out of your comfort zones and going and seeking out every visitor that doesn't seem like they know where they're at, what they're doing, if, they, if you've never seen them around here before. Doing this would say, man, I really want to just hang out with my friends that I always see her every Wednesday. But no, that's not the biblical Christian. The biblical Christian would say, hey guys, uh, I'll talk to you in a minute. I'm gonna go talk to this person because you would seek out their interests more than yourself. You would count them more significant and more of a priority in your life than your own conversation with other people. Ask the question, what would they appreciate me doing rather than what do I want to do? And your life will radically change. So what God is calling us to. And so I truly do, guys. I, I just want to stop and I, I just want to say, I pray, I pray that hearing these words from Paul right now, tonight, you're considering how in the world can I do this in my life? How can I be selfless for the sake of other people? In my life, in specific ways, because I don't want to walk out of here and forget what this says and not apply it. I pray that that is you right now. I pray that you're really considering that. Um, because, so you should pursue selflessness. Because selflessness is, is rooted in the character of your Savior. The one that you call God. The one that you say, I want to be like you. The one that you say, I serve you. He is selfless. That's why we should pursue it. That's why we should do this. That's why we should have the shift in mindset. Let's look at the text. It says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So it's saying this selflessness, if you're to be selfless, if you're to make them more of a priority than yourself, this is in Christ. Christ will make you selfless because he is selfless. He is the embodiment of selflessness. So have this mind among yourselves, which is in Christ So we should have it through him. It's yours in Christ Jesus who, get this, this is how Jesus is selfless. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Now this is really hard. I just want to like stop and just think about this just for a minute or two. This is not saying, this is not saying, just because it's saying Jesus didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped. This is not saying that he isn't God. Okay? Hear that. This isn't saying like, Jesus is like, man, that'd be pretty cool to be God, but eh, I'm good. I'm not. That is not what this is saying at all. Just because he didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped or sought after doesn't mean that he wasn't God already. It even says he was in the form of God. And we can read that all throughout scripture, actually. In fact, read here in John 5. It says, this was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill Jesus, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath... But he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So we go back to the text and it says he didn't seek equality with God, a thing to be grasped. Because he already was equal with God. He didn't need to grasp it. Or you could read John 10, which is so simple uh, and I like that. It says, this is Jesus talking, I and the Father are one. It's about as equal as you can get. So, if you get back to the text, and says Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. This is not saying that Jesus wasn't God. What this is saying is that Jesus, because he loved us so much, he was willing to step down from his throne for a time being. Because he didn't hold on to that throne and say, I've got to be up here. I can't, can't do anything else than that. I have to be up here. No, he was willing to step down from heaven's throne for our sake. He didn't hold tightly to that. He was willing to step down. didn't mean that he stopped being God. He never stopped being God. But he was willing to step down from his throne for a time being, for our sake. Specifically, it even says two ways. This is how he was willing to step down from a stone. It says that, one, he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. So really what he's saying is, one, I became a man, guys. You want to talk about selfless? God became man. I don't know if you guys remember or not, but being a a human leads to a lot of problems, leads to a lot of issues. It's not always fun being a human. It's not always easy living a human life. Signing yourself up for humanity is signing yourself up for pain and hurt and tears and crying and everything else that comes with it. He says, you want to talk about being selfless? First off, I emptied myself, and I became man. took on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. That is the first way that Jesus Christ is incredibly selfless. He says, I'm willing to do that, because I love you guys. I love you guys. So one, he became man. Two, he humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. So not only did he become man, but he said, I'm going to even die a gruesome death, a painful death, for you, the death that you deserve, that's a pretty bad death. If you're just being honest, if you're looking at your own sins, I'm looking at my sins, I'm like, ooh, that's a pretty—that's bad death. That's a, I deserve a bad death. He took on death when he never even had to step down and have life in the first place as a human. And he not only took on life as a human, but he accepted it knowing he was going to experience death for us not only death, but it says even specifically death on a cross, which is humiliating and shameful. And it's torture. I could go into the the whole torture element of the cross and how you literally die from either uh, just blood loss or suffocation because you just get choked on all your blood and you can't breathe anymore. You don't have the muscles to lift yourself up anymore. So it is horrible to the very last second. He says, I love you guys enough. I'm going to do that. Talk about selflessness. He became man and embraced all the struggles that came with it. And he embraced death, even death, on a cross. Our Lord and Savior, guys, he is selfless because he loves us so much. So we, as his servants, should be selfless. He doesn't call us to do something that he didn't first demonstrate. He doesn't call you and I to do something that he never did himself. He demonstrated it perfectly. In living and in dying. And look at the result of this. This is the last part here. It says, therefore God, was high, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow on heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So because he was willing to step down in selflessness, step down in humility, God says, I'm going to exalt you to your original place. And all people will confess to you are Lord. And all people will bow and, on their knee to you. I want you to guys catch this. This is the very end here. I want you guys to catch this, okay? We can't make this about ourselves. This is not a text about you. This is not about you. This, I think it's so easy that we can read this because it's talking about how we should be humble this whole time, how we should be selfless. And then we're like, and God exalted Jesus, uh, so he's exalting me. Like, that's what we can automatically, like, it's just so quick to get there. Like, Jesus was humble. I should be humble. God exalted Jesus. Stop there. Boom. Jesus was exalted. And so this doesn't teach something about you. This teaches something about Jesus. Teaches us that Jesus is on the throne and over everything. That's an incredible truth to know. This teaches that Jesus is greater than anything and everyone else. This teaches that everyone will bow eventually to Jesus. That's a good enough truth for this text. But I think there is something that we can start saying that, right? It's about Jesus, not about you and I. But there is a reality that this does, in a sense, apply to us. And I think that is true. When we think about our lives in Jesus and when we, when we have the character of Jesus, of humility, we do see this promise that God will lift us up from the muck and mire of, of humility and selflessness and he will exalt us. Look at these texts. It says in Matthew 18, Whoever humbles himself, right, selflessness, humbles himself, like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. God will honor you in your selflessness and making other people a priority in your life having an eye for the person that is a visitor, has no idea what they're doing, that thinks about other people's holidays and where they're going to be out on Thanksgiving, God will honor the person that cares for other people. That's that's just the reality. So that text is talking about Jesus, how Jesus will be exalted. Jesus will sit on the throne. Other people will bow their knee to Jesus. But we also want to acknowledge there's something to be said about our humility, and God will honor that. We can also read in Matthew 23 that whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but... Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So this is it, guys. Pursue selflessness because selflessness is rooted in the character of Jesus. I, I really hope you guys walk out of here with this. Pursue selflessness in everything you do and all that you think about. How can I help them? I pray that that is deeply anchored in your heart because that is anchored in and the person that you serve every single day, the person that you strive to be like every single day, let me tell you guys a personal story uh, before we wrap up here. Uh, I was talking about Chicago earlier, and um, and Sarah and I had a deep conversation in Chicago. we didn 't plan it at all. We were walking through the planetarium, <laughs> so um, and we just started talking about what the future holds for us down the road, like what, what is forty going to look like? you know what is forty going to look like and um, we have all these dreams, all these desires to, uh, you know, have uh, a nice house with kids and, uh, you know, grandkids. I don't know, 50 maybe? I don't know, like, when that is. But, like, we want to have, like, the typical life that most of, most of you guys are uh, accustomed to. You guys know. And so we were like, yeah, that's, you know, we want to have that. Um, and then we said, well, we've got to really take seriously this possibility of maybe going on the missions field. Maybe even a third world country. Maybe a war zone. And uh, the possibility of selling everything. And then it came up, honestly, very serious conversations about, well, what about our child's college funds? Should we sell all those things? If that means getting on the missions field? And we started having all these things. It was honestly like just ripping apart (laughs) our future plans and dreams and desires. And it was not fun. It actually... Was, got so bad of a conversation, like it was just so hard on us and it was really tough and we we're wrestling through it uh, that we actually had to go walk off to like an area in the planetarium where no one else was and we could just like sit on a bench and like because it was like, we can't enjoy the planetarium anymore because we really are getting deep in this conversation. It was hard. It was that serious of a conversation. Uh, how seriously we're taking uh, the possibility of going into missions and just dropping everything, selling everything. Later down the line, guys, I'm not leaving, so. But that is what God has called us to consider, have that on the table. Always have selflessness on the table. Always have on the table whatever dreams you have in mind. Throwing that out the back door and saying whatever you have for me, God, whatever you want for me. That is not an easy thing, but it's what we're called to. A friend, when we were talking about this, uh, a friend told us that we would grow out of that when we were telling them about this conversation that we had last week. We were telling them, and they're like, "Oh, you'll grow out of that. Uh, that's just you being young and just like really zealous for Jesus." I thought to myself, I pray you're wrong. I pray you're wrong. I pray I never grow out of being willing to put that on the table. I hope I never grow out of the possibility of saying, even at 40 or 50, I love you, my grandkids, but I'm called to the missions field and being willing to go. We need to be selfless in our lives and that is hard, right? That's hard. That's hard. Pursue selflessness because selflessness is rooted in the character of Jesus. How could you guys be selfless this week? How can I be selfless this week? That's what we have to consider. So if you guys want to spread out, uh, we're going to spend some time in just prayer thinking through this before we get into conversation groups. Um, But I would challenge you, one, to really pray about and think on how your lifestyle would reflect the one that you call master, the one that you call Lord. Lord. How can you reflect him this week in how you talk to people, how you treat other people? How can you reflect him in the way that you act? How can you reflect him in the way you handle the things you own, the things that you love, how you spend your money, how you spend your time? How can you reflect a selfless God, the one that you call Lord and Savior? I would talk through that with God. And then I would also pray that he would show you ways to abandon self. That's a scary prayer. God, show me ways that I can sacrifice myself for the sake of other people this week. Would you illuminate that in my heart? God, would you show me how can I be selfless? Because I desperately want to look like you. Those are some prayers that you can consider. I pray that everyone would really think through that. So we can start the music, and uh, let's jump right into this. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. If you want to find out more about our youth ministry or any other ministry here at Evangel Temple, you can visit our website at ecchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.